tribal trails, tribal trails. The Son of God, He's near. He chose to walk with us. These tribal trails. Tribal trails. Life is never easy, but. What would somebody do when he has to run for his life? David in the Old Testament shared an experience like that in Psalm 57, where he had fled from King Saul into a cave. In the psalm, David began to plead with God for mercy. He then acknowledged that God was in control of his situation. That gave him the confidence to worship God with these words. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and liar. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Hi. Welcome to Travel Trails. Today, we'll continue our visit with Carl and Kathy Crane in Prince Albert. Carl came from Cumberland House. He became a believer of Jesus Christ in the mid-80s. Christian songs and music had played an important part on his journey with God since childhood. I just like, you know, singing gospel songs because I heard those when I was... Um, when I was a young boy, even at the trap line, when I was with my dad, I would listen to uh, the radio and gospel music was going on until it kind of fades in, fade out, fade in, fade out. That's how the radio stations were in, um, out in the, in the wilderness. Eh? We had no proper uh, antennas for that day. Eh? And we used to make makeshift one with the wires, you know, bring it down from the trees. That's what we used. And um, I would listen to these uh, gospel songs on the radio. You know, all those uh, gospel songs that I listened to uh, stuck to my head because I heard those songs too when I was, uh, when I was a little boy. When uh, Joe and Helen Pope were ministering in uh, Cumberland, those songs never, never left me. That seed was already planted in my head. <laughs> And those helped me out, you know, along, along the line, along the way in my, my struggling years. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. When did you start playing music? I started playing music when I was around 12, I think. My mom and dad saw something in me that uh, that might be a uh, potential. Um, they uh, they ordered uh, my first guitar from a catalog. <laughs> I'm not sure what it was, uh, Sears or Eaton's. I'm not, but I got it anyway. So I carried that guitar everywhere I went. My mom and dad were the ones that uh, were uh, gave me the influence to uh, keep on going. I kind of put that off for a while once I uh, got 
into a lot of uh, bad things like uh, the addictions that I, I ran into. And then. But um, my mom and dad, they kept uh, the music going. They used to go to church and and uh, they would have a choir and, and uh, they, they would get together and play music. And sometimes they would be in uh, at wake services and funerals or... Now it, you know, follow along. And um, I wanted to carry on what they were doing. So um, when did you uh, start uh, helping out in uh, music with uh, the community? I think it was after I uh, went back to Cumberland. That's when I got really involved in uh, helping out more. I uh, went back to uh, singing gospel music. And people heard that um, that I was and singing in these uh, in these wake services, and they kept asking me to go sing. And a lot, of, most of the times, I just go on uh, on my own, just to go and help out in a way. You know, if people find comfort with the uh, with the gospel songs that you sing, and uh, that's basically how it was. That's how that's how it uh, kept going right up to now. <laughs> I've been through a lot of battles And my life has been a shame Down the long road of struggle I know somehow without to change That's when I got down on my knees and I prayed to God above Lord, if you're listening I could really use your love When you think there's no one listening Jesus said He'll help you through your battle He'll wipe away your fears Just get down on your knees And ask the Lord about When you think there's no one listening Jesus so, Kathy, uh, where did you uh, grow up? I grew up in Thompson, Manitoba. So how was Thompson? It was nice. I love Thompson. <laughs> um, I still like Thompson, actually. Um, I guess when I grew up there, I mean, everything was kind of, I don't know, normal. Like, there wasn't too much happening up there then. Not like today, there's lots of alcohol and drugs up there now, but... Back then it was fun. I had really good friends and we did lots of sports and played around and because I'm the youngest of my family, like there's a big difference in my family and my dad was um, 62 when he had me. Mm. And there's 27 years between my mom and dad and there's 19 years between me and my oldest sister. So there was a lot of age differences and stuff. So I was the last kid at home kind of thing. And then my dad passed away in 1975 and I was just turning 13 when he passed away. Um, and a lot of things happened to me back 
when I was growing up um, that weren't good. My mom worked all day and went to bingos at night, basically her life was her life back then. That's what she did. Me and my mom weren't really close and I didn't really know my mom. I didn't really see my mom. So my dad was kind of like my main support thing. He was always there. He didn't go to work until later on because he worked night shifts all the time. So I saw him all morning. I saw him when I came home from school. I see him, you know, until I went to bed basically. But when he passed away, it was like my whole life changed. And I took it really hard. And I felt totally alone. And I felt like nobody cared how I was grieving or how I was hurting. And um, nobody cared about what happened to me you know, prior because when I was younger, about six years old, I was um, sexually assaulted by my brother-in-law. So I mean, I had a lot of anger and a lot of pain and I blamed myself. I thought it was all my fault. And then when my dad passed away and my mom was there, and, you know, and because of things that were happening between me and her, I got blamed a lot for, you know, being bad and not listening and not doing this and not doing that. And I started running away and, you know, I started drinking at a really young age and started doing things that, you know, I just wanted to stay away from my home. I didn't want to be with my mom. I didn't want to stay with her at all. She didn't understand how I was feeling. She didn't understand anything, you know, and even though I told her what had happened, she didn't believe me, right? Mm -hmm. And that even put more anger in me. A rod and a reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces its mother. And I just kept running away and running away, and eventually I ended up in um, group homes in Winnipeg. And again, that was just anger to me because she just threw me away. That's what I felt, you know, she just threw me away. And then, you know, I ended up in some foster care. And then I ended up back living with my sister. My sister that's next in line to me, there's eight years between me and her. I ended up living with her for a while and things were going really, really good there. I was going to school and doing really good and I wasn't drinking and, you know, kind of getting my life back. But I was told I had to go home and kind of went back into the same old thing, you know, like my mom just didn't, you know, make me feel like I was wanted at the time. So there was a lot of anger issues and stuff and back to drinking and doing things. And, you know, when I was married once before. Um, and I got married just to get out of my home, basically. And I got married to a man that was so abusive. And um, I just, I wasn't married very long. And when I left, he almost killed me. And now, you know, I had two kids. I was all by myself. I went back to drinking heavily. I was living in Saskatoon with my two kids. And we moved back to Nipwin. And, and you know how you... Your life is just nowhere. And I felt like I was nothing. And all the pain and anger that I felt all my life just kept building up and building up and building up. And in 1989, I hit rock bottom in my life. Like I was drinking a lot, didn't have any money. I didn't have anything. And I just thought my kids would be better off without me. And I told my kids, you know, like I love them, put them to bed, kiss them goodnight and told them that no matter what, you know, not to believe anything they heard, just to know that I loved them very much. And I was going to end my life that night. Why will you die, people of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Sovereign Lord. Repent and live. And it came very close. I had taken a whole bunch of pills that night. And you know how you're sitting there and you're thinking you're, you know, you're just kind of drowning out your sorrows and listing your life and whatever else? Well, I was doing that and I kind of 
toned out and whatever else, and I heard this knock on my door. And I thought I was hearing things at first. And then um, I heard it again, and I went down, and my sister-in-law that I hadn't seen for many, many years, because her and my brother had actually separated about 10, 15 years prior to that. So I hadn't seen her for a long, long time. And she was standing there at my door, and she was holding a Bible. And her first words to me were, I know what you're thinking about doing tonight. And I was just like, what? Like shocked, eh? Like she just stood there and she kept saying that to me. I said, I'm not doing nothing. And I just lied to her. You know, like, I'm not doing nothing. And she said, yes, you are. She said, Kathy, she said, I'm here to tell you that there's so much more for you than what you're doing right now. And I said, no. And she wouldn't leave. Like she just kept coming in, like came right into my house and she was sitting there and and she was telling me, you know, and I kept telling her, you know, like, I said, so much has happened, like, nobody needs me around here. And she would read scripture, and I was getting angry at her, because she would read scripture, right? And she kept reading scripture, and I would get angrier and angrier, like, no, God can't love somebody like me after all the things I did and all the brokenness in my life. How can God love me, eh? And that's what I kept telling her, like, I'm so broken, nobody could love me. And she'd read me more scripture, you know, about God's love and God's forgiveness and whatever else. But when she read me this verse here in Psalms 34, 18, it said, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. For some reason, that verse just touched my heart and I broke down crying. And I said, I don't understand how he can love somebody that's so broken and why he wants to love people that are so broken. And she said, because the Lord wants you to come to Him when you're broken. You know, and she sat with me all night that night. And in the morning, she said, Kathy, do you want to give your life to the Lord? She said, I'll, I'll say the sinner's prayer with you. I'll lead you to the Lord. And I said, okay. And I gave my life that night to the Lord. And to me, it just felt like there was a big weight lifted off of me. Amen. I believe some of you could identify with Kathy, not knowing how to fix the brokenness and thinking about ending your life. But I'm glad that you're watching today's program. You've seen when Kathy allowed God to intervene in her life. She didn't have to choose death to end her suffering. In Psalm 34, King David said, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord God is compassionate and gentle. Right now, He is standing by your side and waiting patiently for you to let Him come into your life to fix your broken heart. If you feel like talking to someone about your need, you can call us. Every day I face the devil and I know he wants my soul But for the blood of Jesus That's one place that he can go Cause the one who loved me so much Paid a price at Calvary His precious blood so When I'm no hold on me When you think there's no one listening 
help me to your battle you help me to your peace just get down on your knees and ask the Lord above when you think there's no one listening Jesus She took me to church, and I, that's where I met some nice people in Nippon, there's a Paris. And I went to church with Bruce and, and um, his wife, and they mentored me. Like, they took me to church, they took me under their wings, and they just mentored to me. We would do Bible studies at their house. They would come and drop food off for me and my kids. And, you know, and just, they just kept staying with me and teaching me more and more about the Word, right? It was like, it was like a hunger for me. And then I knew, though, in my own my own mind and my own heart, I needed help. So I started seeking for help and I went and seen a counselor and I started talking about, you know, little things about my life. I didn't share lots with him at first because I, was, I didn't know how to bring it all out. The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. But you know, I went to him for many, many, many months and almost three years, I guess. And at the end, when I finally brought out all the pain and all the things that happened to me, I remember sitting on a floor and just crying, you know, in his office, just sitting there and just saying, I feel so whole. It wasn't my fault. I wanted better for my life. I mean, I had dropped out of school too in grade 10. After I, I changed my life and started going back and getting things back in order, I went back to school and I got my grade 10, 11, and 12 in um, adult basic education. But there was still something inside me that wanted more. So I went back to school and I got my social work certificate. But even then I still wanted, you know, more. I don't know, I was just like, I would lost so much in my life, I wanted more. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. But the one thing that I really needed to do was forgive my mom. That was hard for me. I went back to and I told my mom, you know, like, we need to talk, mom. I said, I know that, you know, my mom loved me, but I didn't know the depths of what, you know, of her life. I mean, I didn't really hear much about my mom's life when I was growing up. So when I went back and I told her that we had to talk, and I said, you know, Mom, I said, I, I'm taking the blame for some of this, but I'm not taking the blame for all of this. I said, because some of it wasn't my fault. I said, you have to own your mistakes, I said. And I said, I'll own my mistakes. But I said, I want you to know that I forgive you for everything that happened. And that's when I found out that my mom came from a very rigid family. My grandfather was mean. My grandmother, you know, was there, but he was mean to my family, like to my mom and her siblings and stuff. And I found out some of the stuff that happened to my mom, like, you know, being whipped by willows and different things, and her going out to work when she was 13, and my grandfather coming and taking her money, and, you know, just different things that happened. She didn't know how to raise a family. She didn't know how to raise a kid. She was a kid herself, basically. But the one thing that stuck my memory from my mom that day was when I told her I forgave her. 
she told me that she had always forgiven me, that she never held anything against me. And I was like, wow, you know, like, all the things I did to my mom. She didn't, you know, she just let it go. It was just like, you know, wow. And I also forgave the man that molested me. I forgave, you know, a lot of people in my life that day. Jesus said, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. When I gave my life to the Lord, and I was done school, and I had gone into just starting my social work thing, I had prayed one night to the Lord. I said, you know, Lord, I want a godly man in my life. I don't want to be alone with my two children. I want somebody that's going to love us, protect us, and be with us, you know. But I want him to be with you, like you first, Lord. And I met Carl. <laughs> so uh, when did you guys get married? 2002, here in Prince Albert. I don't live in condemnation. His blood's made me free. There's sanctifying power in his blood. So um, because of this ministry that you're on, you kind of go all over the place. Yes, uh, we, we travel quite a ways. Uh, I think the furthest we've ever been up north was uh, Fort Liard. And then uh, to the east uh, would be um, Quebec, East Main Quebec, yeah. We've been from there and back and forth, like, you know, um, Thunder Bay, all their northern communities in Ontario. and. Uh, it's been a blessing to meet uh, new friends, new family in Christ. You know. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So um, because of this ministry that you're on, you're affiliated with the mission, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. We're affiliated with NEF now. We just joined them last year in July and um, got on board with Kenny and Millie and kind of helping out with Freedom River counseling now. And we do um, workshops with um, Kenny and Millie or by ourselves. We had gone to a different couple different places with Kenny and Millie and did some workshops on um, addictions and choosing to live and helping them get, overcome stuff. And, but we also got our CNC ministries up and running and because we want to help people. We want to do the Lord's work and what He wants us to do, sharing the Word with them. And we had a vision of where we wanted our ministry to go. I mean, out on the streets. We do a lot of stuff downtown in Prince Albert. It's the people that are, you know, that are out there that are hurting, that are broken like, you know, we were, that really need to hear about the Lord. We do some counseling at home and it's just, you know, we try to get more involved with that because there's such a need out there, especially right now with suicide happening with our young and, you know, and more addictions happening, more drugs happening, different kinds of drugs coming onto the street. You know, we just try to, you know, give them hope in the Lord, like there's hope out there. You don't need to turn to this, you know. Every day they pass me by I can see it On they go through private pain 
I don't know what's going on through your life right now, but Jesus does. He sees the anguish sown on your face and hears the cry of your heart. The psalmist talked about that. The Lord hears the needy and does not despise his captive people. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. That is good news. Why not reach out to Jesus Christ today and let him work with you to deal with the issues in your life? You need support and prayer and encouragement? You can contact us at 306-961-2588. Carl and Kathy and today's show with these thoughts. A lot of things that happened were very traumatic to me. And uh, it's very hard to. Uh, it was very hard to get to get them out of my system. I went to see an elder that strongly believed in the Lord, and she told me that uh, to keep praying. And the way that you're going right now, she told me that it's not the right way, and she was very blunt too. Get to know the Lord. Stop what you are doing, and that's basically what I did. I encouraged the young people that are. Uh, struggling with uh, drugs and alcohol to go to, uh, to, to believers in their uh, community. Get to know the Lord. You know, I used to work in the addictions center here, and I could tell you like how many people were saved from that place and how many people went back to drinking and doing drugs because of not dealing with all their inner pains. And you, you have to learn how to forgive, too. Forgiveness is a big part in that. I mean, yes, lots of bad things happen to you, or lots of bad things happen in your past or to your family, but you have to learn how to forgive that, too. The Lord forgave us for many things, you know. We have to learn how to forgive, even though it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. It was very hard to forgive some people that did things to me. But, you know, for your own growth and your own spiritual health and whatever else you have to do it you have to let it go I have peace of mind since burdens I don't carry in the trials I have the victory I won't stand alone anymore in life battles I just call on His name, I'm covered by His blood. I'm so 
Walking by my side 